Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Evolutionary Underground, episode 28. Today we're talking about Masteron information with Geneza Pharmaceuticals. So this is going to be a really good episode uh, uh masteron look it's it's a mandatory steroid that you need to know about if you're looking to cut if you're looking to recomp if you're looking to compete if you're looking to look good for photos if you're a model etc cetera, etc cetera. i can go go down the list if you want to look good at the beach and, you know so many different reasons why guys choose to use masteron so um draw alone is the scientific name for it masteron of course is the is the um the label name, and it was brought to market in the early 1970s by Syntex Pharmaceuticals. And uh, that's the same company that also brought Anadrol to the market uh, a few years before that. And, you know, they're similar in that they're both DHT derivatives, but they different definitely have different um, and, and results with them. Anadrol is more of a bulker obviously in bodybuilding, even though it's a DHT derivative. And Masteron is definitely not something you want to take for bulk, more of a cosmetic. So with Masteron, the medical reason why they brought it was to help control breast cancer in females. And it's um, it's got anti-estrogenic properties. This is why it stacks so well in a cycle. And we're going to get into stacking it later on. But let's say you're using some testosterone and you throw in Masteron with it. That that masteron is such a good anti-estrogen that it can actually be like an estrogen blocker on cycle. So, but if you're running like a ton of testosterone, like a thousand milligrams of testosterone, it's not going to be enough. So you always want to make sure you you check, keep an eye on that, get blood work done. But you don't want to depend on masteron. But it does, you know, it does work good. Now, of course, over time. They develop better ways to combat estrogen without having to take a DHT derivative, which is a you know male hormone um, derivative. So obviously less side effects for a female to take something like Novadex instead of Masteron. So obviously nowadays doctors will prescribe Masteron for women in that situation and not Masteron, which has way more side effects. So obviously, um, so. You know, in that situation, don't expect to get a doctor to write you a script if you got an estrogen problem, either male, male or female. So now during the golden era, um, unfortunately, never got into bodybuilders hands. And it would have been a game changer in that era if it did. We would have seen more vascularity, we would have seen more harness. I'll let mobster jump in that in a second to comment on that. So, you know, this was the days before the Internet. You had word of mouth, you had gurus who recommended using this or that. They just didn't come out with the idea to use Masteron. So in the golden age, they stuck to things like Deca, Primo, Proviron. Those were the, the steroids they really stuck with. Dianabol, of course. But Masteron was just not in their arsenal. They just did not know to use it, even though it, it came around in the early 70s. So they blew, blew that one, Mobster. So it wasn't until the 80s. Um, that you saw bodybuilders, pro bodybuilders start using Masteron. And of course, today, Mobster, and uh, definitely jump in and comment on it, I would argue that just about every pro bodybuilder on a cycle that they're using going into contest is going to be using Masteron. And if they're not using Masteron, they're going to be using Winstrol. But usually, they'll like to use uh, a lot of Masteron or really harden themselves up and look really, really good going in the contest. I think Monstro was the one on the forum, and he's a professional bodybuilder. He's he's the, the highest level competitor we have on the forum, and he's a big fan of Masteron just about in every cycle he runs. So, Monstro, why don't you comment on the golden age? Uh, what have you heard when it comes to Masteron? And maybe comment on why they didn't figure out to use it. And then kind of comment on when you thought Masteron really started becoming used in professional bodybuilding from what you've heard. Well, I've got a few thoughts, Steve, especially based on the comments that you've just made. Uh, so here's where I am, right? I think exactly what you said in regards to 
uh, it not being on 70s bodybuilders, the golden age bodybuilders radar, probably till the early 80s. And I'll tell you for what it is. We've we've covered the golden age of bodybuilding in a similar podcast, so check that one out, guys. I think it's quite simple, just a lack of information. Uh, again, I've touched upon how many actual steroids there are. And guys, I've got a book upstairs which literally lists the patent and, and the patent application of, I think, 21 steroids. And they're not even all necessarily what we would think of as the common steroids of today, Steve. So all of that information was always out there. But how easy was it to search for? How much information was available? And then let's be honest, if you look at the way that 70 bodybuilders were eating and dieting and whatever else, would we have seen harder bodies? Maybe not. I think that's more diet related. And we're going to get into the reasons why you do need to diet and kind of already be lean when you're using Masteron. I also want to point out, it's one of those things that sometimes when we look back at history, there was harder, lighter, and I'm talking about well under 200 pounds, Steve, bodybuilders out there, but the photography wasn't necessarily kind to them and so on and so forth. I don't think they were using Masteron then. I think there's just guys that were naturally super lean, using very, very little pharmaceuticals, and the little bit of doses they, they were using wasn't causing too much water retention. The bigger guys, and when I say bigger in modern bodyboarding per, uh, terminology, you're still only talking about 230 pounds at the top end, vis-a-vis Arnold at between 217 and 225 on stage at his absolute best, close to six foot tall. You're not really talking about guys in the way that we think of as now. And I think there's also a dose dip, dip, the dependent argument in that the doses that were being used then weren't high so therefore the side effects would be less and so on and so forth so it's that sort of thing i think it's as simply as what what, what happened in the 80s is that we, and again we've covered this in the golden age article we talked about the accessibility of information literally steroid books or pamphlets as they was then became available then the first one or two actual books became available and even then we weren't talking about tens of thousands we weren't talking about as it is nasty as a download you can you can find steroid encyclopedia pdfs that are and the downloads are in the hundreds of thousands whereas i can think of one particular steroid booklet that was i think thousand was as much as they printed that was it it was a one-time run of a thousand so that would be for everybody in the world you'd have to share with your buddies and even then, I don't think that particular person included Master on the list. So there's that. Uh, what else? Something else that you touched upon with regards to the anti-estrogen properties. And I, I say this a lot, Steve. And again, I think it's a dose-dependent thing. And we will get into that when we talk about stacking. I would never use, and this is a thing that people love to do, Steve. So I'll come back to that point in a minute. People like to argue the scientific basis for certain particular uh, pharmaceuticals, performance-enhancing drugs, and say, okay, so I can use this as an AI. This has anti-estrogenic properties. Not at the dosages that people use today. Not when you're talking about a stack. Not when you're talking about multiple levels of pharmacology. If you're taking a singular drug, Masteron, or Provirin, for example, Steve, and you're using it at a very low dosage, you've got a good argument. But when you're talking about stacks, when you're talking about the other things that people do to get in shape, when you're talking about the diets and extreme body weights and so on and so forth, Argue what you like, motherfuckers, but don't argue a singular drugs with a singular aspect to it, but what it was developed for, and then throw it into the middle of a stack where the other things are going to counteract and negate any estrogenic properties that you might have. And the other thing, finally, on that particular thing, Steve, I would never, I would always have on hand a AI of some form for me to run, and my personal preference has always been to use an AI from day one, at the right dosage and the right frequency rather than wait until I have a particular issue. So again, it's nice to argue the science and it's nice to say this is what it was developed for, but guys, you're literally, it's like arguing about one piece of straw in a bay of hell, uh, out of hay, Steve. Honestly, you need to look at everything else you're doing and all the other drugs and everything else as well. Right, what about being used by modern bodybuilders in competition? 100%. Absolutely. In fact, it's arguable, Steve, that occasionally we might see stage-ready or supposedly stage-ready professional bodybuilders who could have done with a better diet and less carb loading, et cetera, et cetera, because they've ever relied on PEDs and occasionally they just miss time, they peak and whatever else. But if they do 
get it right. If they do have all those other aspects on point, that's when you will see the gnarly, grainy, vascular freaks of freaks, and you instantly know that this person's going to be a competition winner. So I would say, like you said, Steve, I, I, I would probably look in 100%, very, very close to 100%. It's in pretty much every top professional bodybuilder stack. In fact, the only time I would say that they're not using it is that for whatever reason, they either don't need it or they just don't get on with it. But I can I can see that being really, really rare. I, I'd pretty much say that if, if I would say 100% of top competitive bodybuilders have tried it. If they're not using it, if they're doing other things, if using natural diuretics and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's almost, I would, I would give it as a staple of a competitive bodybuilder stack now, Stephen literally something that almost everybody at that level including monstro as a wabba pro will be up there wanting to look absolutely crazy freaky gnarly hard rock hard dry etc on stage and just out fucking everybody else when it comes to that kind of look because everybody else has got the same advantage of you so if you've got it and mastron helps you get it then it's just gonna the, the look you know the look steve it's unmistakable even a person who's not in the bodybuilder can say wow look at that that's just like someone that's come from outer space when they've got all these things together. And Mastron is one of those things that's just going to bring that look as well. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And you got to remember with Mastron too, um, it's, you know, it does a lot of things in the body and we're going to talk about what it does and, um, and how it works. So all that, what you were saying, Mobster, has kind of culminated into what we have today and guys who are competing will definitely jack up the dose of Masteron going into contests. But Masteron is a really interesting steroid. You got to understand how it works. And, you know, we kind of got to get into, into that um, and, and really understand the method to the madness of why Masteron works the way it does. So uh, we're going to first talk about and understand what DHT is. So DHT stands for dihydrotestosterone. It's a sex hormone. Um, and that will metabolize in small amounts in the body from testosterone. But with Masteron, you're getting a big, big, big dose of it. And Masteron is as pure of a DHT derivative as you're going to get out there. And there's no secret as to why that is. It's the addition of a carbon to position methyl group. And they designed it like this on purpose. And the method to the madness of designing it like that was because they wanted to come up with something, as we said in the last segment, as I said in the last segment, that will help act as an anti-estrogen in the body. So that's part of the reason why you get the hardening effects, you get the drawing effects. So Masteron is also more anabolic than straight DHT in the body. So that makes it even more effective at drying out and hardening and adding vascular and all that good stuff that you want as a competitive bodybuilder. Now, those effects don't necessarily translate to other aspects of fitness. And in fact, they don't, you know, because we don't want hardening effects in certain situations. It would kind of backfire on you uh, to get harder. I can remember when I was on Masteron, it felt like I was sleeping on rocks. My muscles were so hard. So there are disadvantages of it. We're going to kind of get into the side effects later of dealing with, with a muscle that's like rock hard. Um, so at the end of the day, look, it's a pure DHT derivative, cannot aromatize into estrogen in the body. And it's also not only going to not aromatize into estrogen, but it's also going to have anti-estrogen properties. Another aspect, mobster, very, very important is that it is really good at binding the sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. Now, SHBG is one of those things that is in our body for a reason. It's a survival mechanism. And when SHBG is elevated, it makes it much more difficult to build muscle. But when you take Masteron, because it binds to SHBG, it's going to drop SHBG down, and that's going to help you build more muscle so when you stack masteron that's where it's more effective because it's going to help the other steroids work more effective and it's also going to kind of put tear down that wall of that survival mechanism that prevents us from building too much muscle 
it opens it up so that, wow, now you can build muscle much more easily. And that's why people who use anabolic steroids have an easier time building muscle and building strength and all that good stuff. So it's going to also boost free testosterone ratio in the body. So in a normal setting, let's say, you know, you're getting a thousand milligrams a week of testosterone injecting, right? 15% of that, once you translate it into the body, the effects in the body is going to be free testosterone that actually counts. Well, when you use Masteron, it's going to increase that free testosterone ratio. So you might get 20 or 25%. So it's going to make everything more effective. Go ahead, Mobster. I'm reminded of a story that Dorian Yates told when it comes to, and Steve touched upon this, and this is just on just how uncomfortable being crazy lean and super hard is, both from a bodybuilding and an athletic point of view, right? So Dorian Yates describes Steve being, and this is because he had that grainy, gnarly look that I described earlier on, being so goddamn lean, Steve, backstage, that it was uncomfortable to walk around because the little bit of fat that was left in the soles of his feet would dissipate. That's how lean he got. And we've seen crazy percentages thrown out for certain bodybuilders. So you're somewhere between 250 and 300 pounds. And I think Dorian Ronnie et al, Steve, with the super, super low body fat. And it is just fucking uncomfortable. Steve said it's uncomfortable laying down. You're, you're, you're not, you're, it's not a bony ass, Steve. It's a rock hard, muscular ass sitting on chairs. Uh, it's, it's the same thing when you're super hard, super lean, laying down in bed. And as Dorian says, walking around backstage, ready to come out and win the Mr. Olympia. So there's that. There's something else as well. And this comes with being super lean, which is not necessarily a master on thing in and of itself, but also super hard. If you've done the right parts, pharmacology speaking and exercise and diet, and then the extra aspect of master on comes into it. It's uncomfortable lifting, Steve. It's uncomfortable training because... You need a certain amount of body fat, and it's only a little bit in terms of your health levels around the joints, for example. A little bit of soft tissue, a little bit of fat, a little bit of oil to grease and lube the joints and whatever else. And that little bit of water and a little bit of fat is actually good in that particular regard because we're running around with no oil, no synovial fluid in our joints. The pain that we'd have in our ankles and our hips and our knees, they just running around dry, it would be horrendous. And in combination with other PEDs, that's the kind of look that you're looking for on stage, but it's very uncomfortable. I also touch upon just one little thought on this particular regard, and you can call this a side effect if you like, although it's not specifically and direct from Mastoron, and that is being in that kind of condition, super hard with the aid of Mastoron and other pharmacology to get super lean is a fucker on your immune system. You're more likely to get colds and sniffles and whatever else, guys. So this one of those keeping it real type podcasts in that, we're going to want you to get in absolutely amazing shape, and Mastron's going to help you to do that, and we're going to give you some suggestions of stacks that are going to tell you how to do that. But I'm keeping it real by saying this is that thing that they don't talk about when they say how you're actually going to feel if your muscles are rock hard. Steve, how many times have we seen in the forums? And that's another reason why we're doing this podcast when people go, I want my muscles to be hard. I want the girls to touch my rock hard chest. That's the bonus. The, the, the minus, the, the, the thing that isn't good is the other things that I've just touched upon when you actually kind of realize that being like that all the time, feeling like that all the time, it should be for a competition. It should be a peak or very short period of time because if the genuinely super lean, super dry, super vascular thing, super dry is cramp city, super lean is painful to walk around on, Super lean is painful in terms of your joints and so on and so forth. And if your muscles were flexing that hard and felt that rock hard, it would be a kind of weird situation. So you just going to work on, on the train or in your car driving to work would be uncomfortable. So keep it in mind, guys, there are pluses and minuses. But I think for me, Steve, it's definitely up there with the way to get that crazy look that I've described for stage. Uh, and, and, and I would probably go for a slightly softer, if still lean look, for the rest of the year, Steve. So it's definitely in there, but you've got to have a sort of genuine understanding of just how you're going to feel when you're using it at your absolute peak, Steve. Back to you. Okay, so when it comes to side effects, let's get more into it because we just touched on, we kind of gave you a little preview of them. Here's another aspect, and here's what physical therapists don't understand, okay? Because physical therapists, 95% or 90% of their patients are old people. And old people 
don't have muscle on their frame. They have muscle wasting. So a physical therapist, go to a physical therapist. Oh my God, my back hurts, my neck hurts. They're going to want you to get stronger, to build more muscle, to, you know, and then like magic, it works. But with us, we're already strong. We're already muscular. So if we start dealing with nerve issues, we start dealing with spine issues, neck issues, you know, and then you add something like master on that hardens you up more. That's going to make it much more likely that you're going to be pinching more nerves. You're going to put more pressure on your discs. Your muscles are going to be bulging, you know, so, and it's going to be hard. And what ends up happening is you go to the massage therapist and they're massaging. And you're like, my gosh, I had a massage therapist tell me like, Steve, I've never massaged someone with harder muscles than you. That was when I was on Masteron and I felt good about it, you know, but at the end of the day, I started thinking to myself, I was like, if a massage therapist is telling me that they've never massaged anybody with as hard muscles, maybe that's not such a good thing when it comes to someone like me who was dealing with disc issues, herniated disc. So if you got herniated disc, you've got nerve damage where you get numbness going down your arm into your fingers, you know, you've got neck pain that you sustain, whether it been through a car accident, whether it be overtraining in the gym. If you're not, if you don't have your mobility and flexibility down, then using Masteron, that's like the number one side effect with Masteron is that it's going to harden up your muscle to the point where it's going to make that weakness that you have worse. So it's very, very important to combat the side effect of Masteron, the side effect really of all anabolic steroids with improving your mobility improving your flexibility before you use Masteron. Now we got, you know, pro bodybuilders and pro athletes out there. They've been stretching since they were three, four years old. Okay. That's literally the first thing they do in PE. Remember when you had PE in school, I'm sure you have PE in, 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 um, in England mobster as well. But the first thing you do before is you stretch and, you know, it's very, very important to stretch and increase your mobility and be flexible this way, when you're using something like Masteron, you don't have to deal with those side effects that I had to deal with. Um, so that's very, very important uh, for me to say that. So everyone needs to work on that. It's a daily thing. If you don't have the motivation to do it, sign up for a couple yoga classes a week. Get them, go, you know, go two, three times a week to yoga. That will help with your flexibility and mobility, and that will help alleviate the side effects of Masteron when it comes to nerve pain. We see a lot of pro bodybuilders, mobster, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, who bitch about nerve damage. Well, why are you getting nerve damage? Because you did not properly maintain your body. And that is a proper thing that you must do And um, if you're going to bodybuild. So that's my tip on there. That's going to help alleviate side effects. The other side effects with Masteron, of course, are going to be the DHT-related side effects. Now, <clears throat> the main DHT side effects that everyone is scared of is head hair loss. And the reason for that is dihydrotestosterone fries your head hair follicles. So when you fry your head hair follicles, what do you think happens? Your hair, of course, is going to fall out. <laughs> so the more you use Masteron, the more you're going to have head hair follicles fall out. So you want to make sure you understand that. But amazingly, Masteron isn't as bad as some other steroids. Like Winstrol is worse on your hair than Masteron even though they're both DHT derivatives, pretty much pure DHT derivatives, right? So Masteron isn't as bad, but it's pretty damn bad. So you can expect to lose some head hair when you're using Masteron, especially if you're prone to it. Another issue, and I'll bring in Mobster, is going to be your dry joints. So Mobster, you can get into the dry joint aspect because you are a, a guy who's been lifting heavy for years, and you using Masteron is going to be counterproductive in some ways because if you're drying out your joints... Explain what happens. Absolutely, Steve. I mean, look, all right, Steve touched upon the age thing, and that applies to me as well. So the sheer wear and tear that I'm going to put on my body from lifting heavy weights is a cumulative effect. And I can't argue it, Steve. I really can't, right? Because it's absolutely my choice, same as it is the listeners, to go to the gym. And it's my choice, same as the listeners, to want to be a beast, right? So if you're a young man and say, I want to bench 300 pounds, 18, 90, 20 years of age, I'm right there with you, motherfuckers. I, 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 that's what I want when I'm 18, 19, 20 years of age. 
The problem is, I've been doing it for 43, going on 44 years now, Steve. I think next year's 44 years. And 300 pounds for 44 years, or, you know, some proportion of that, is going to have wear and tear. I'm doing shit. We all are. That the average Joe in the street who's overweight, carrying body fat, not pounding their joints, is doing, right? So whether, you know, look, how many of us have put gloves on at some point and boxed for five minutes, Steve, or or talked about how younger guys, especially nowadays, I do MMA. Yeah, all right, motherfucker. You and your mates roll around on the mats and you did that for six months of your life. Try doing this shit for decades and then not be bitching about some injuries, some tweaks, some nerve damage, some whatever. And again, absolutely chose to do this. No one's forcing me to do it and so on and so forth. So there you got the issues. Now, if I decide, and again, this applies to your listeners, that I want to get ripped to fuck, stage ready, model ready for a photo shoot ready, dry like you wouldn't believe on a human, walking human anatomy chart, Steve, that is my choice. But the problems arise. I've touched on a couple of the side effects in that, or how you'd feel, if you like, not the side effects of using drugs that dry you out, drugs that make you super lean, super hard. Uh, and in my particular case, especially, but even those of you that are not quote unquote lifters, you are going to be trying to put up big numbers for you. Doesn't have to be 300, could be 200, could be 400, could be a million pounds, who knows, right? But for you, big numbers with, if it was a car, no shock absorbers. If it was a car, no rubber bits, gaskets here and there between mechanical moving parts. If you lift up the bonnet of your car, there's certain things where the whole frame bolts into the engine. No rubber seals, no grommets, no no sealant, Steve, around the door. It would be metal on metal. And it's the same in your body. It becomes super lean with that lack of cushion, that little bit of softening around the, the soft tissue, which is, like I say, this is um, synovial fluid, which is a kind of oil, if you like, sort of viscous type fluid, water and other bits and pieces. The fat tissue that we talked about and a very small amount, it doesn't have to be loads and all these kind of things. Dry joint on dry joint is horrendous. Those of you with fucked up shoulders will know what I'm on about. Those of you with fucked elbows will know what I'm on about. Those of you waiting for hip operation where the bones all you start to degrade into the socket will know precisely what I'm talking about. Now, I'm super, super lucky, Steve. I've never had that. I have had back issues. I have had some uh, joint degeneration in the back the, the, between the disc and whatever else. But fortunately, the amount of muscle that I carry helps me most of the time to keep the back issues at bay. But sheer wear and tear, sheer size, the sheer poundage that we choose to do, the actual choices we make and getting lean and pushing those big numbers, you don't want the joints feeling like that. Those of you just using Winstrol, never mind Mastron, Steve, talking about how, and I think you've described this once, it almost feels like your joints are creaking. Now, guys, <laughs> that's a great sign that you're dry. That's a great sign that what you took was legit, but it, <laughs> it ain't a pleasurable experience, Steve. Talk about when you decided, we're just talking about Winstrol, how dry your joints felt in a moment. But as I said, guys, this is keeping it real. We're talking about a momentary part for you, for a model gig, for the beach, for, especially for stage, where the look that you need to bring is for literally six or seven hours. That look needs to be super temporary and it's super uncomfortable. And having the dry joints in the gym, gym as you get to the, get to that stage, as you are approaching that condition, is, is a kind of weird, but temporary, thank fuck, sensation that you do not take pleasure from. Talk about the dry joints you've had on Winstrol alone, Steve. Yeah, on Winstrol, and that's a good point. You know, Winstrol definitely tore up my joints like nothing else. So Mastron is kind of like, when it comes to the side effects, if you compare it to Winstrol, even though they're both DHT derivatives, Mastron has less side effects than Winstrol. So I like Mastron much more than Winstrol for those reasons. Mastron will shed hair, head hair loss less. Mastron will... Um, affect your joints less. And then when it comes to the prostate as well, because DHT effects in the body will hit your prostate as well. So um, it's going to, it's going to do it less. So the side effects on Masteron are going to be significantly less than Winstrol. So that's why I really like Masteron in a stack. If you're looking to get that cosmetic hard look, uh, Masteron will definitely beat Winstrol when it comes to that. Winstrol beats Masteron when it comes to the full dry look 
Like, really, really, I want to dry out in the next week or two. You know, Winstroll will do that for you every time. And you'll feel it in your joints for sure. So, Masteron has the advantage over Winstroll on that end. And then on the flip side, Winstroll has the advantage over Masteron on the other end. So, it's just a matter of you've got to manipulate things going into competition. With my clients, it's a, it's a, it's a situation where it depends on their particular situation. But with my clients going into a contest... I like to make sure they're definitely on Masteron for several weeks, at least four or five weeks before their contest. But when it comes to Winstroll, they could start taking the Winstroll just like a week or two before. So with Masteron, you want to be deep into Masteron, make sure you're able to take full advantage of that hardening and vascularity. Go ahead. Yeah, so I just thinking, Steve, it's one of the, it is the thing that people sometimes confuse because the terminology that we use when people are on stage can be very, very confusing. And, and quite often, the same word, the same phrase means exactly the same thing when someone else has used it, but it's been described in a different way. So we talk about being shredded, we talk about being vascular, we talk about being cut and so on and so forth. So you're used to be cut which meant we said we saw all the separation in your muscles and then you become shredded, which is when we saw the separation in the muscle itself, the clumps of fibers. And you can see that when someone's doing the most muscular through the chest, for example, Steve, and you've got what looks like sort of meaty fingers going out from the sternum into the armpit. So th here's the thing, and I want to make sure that we get the description right. There's an argument to be made of the difference between being dry, by Winstroll, and being hard. So the reputation for Masteron isn't necessarily a drier type drug, a drug that's going to dry you out. But it will have some of those properties, but Winstrol does it better, like Steve said, but as a muscle hardener. Now, let's be honest, guys. The judges aren't getting up out of their chairs, getting up on stage and squeezing your bicep. They do not give a fuck how firm your bicep, your quad, your glutes feel. They might think about it, Steve, but they're not actually squeezing any of your muscles. But it's a weird thing in terms of contract. And I'm going to actually touch on training for a second here, Steve. When you're contracting your muscle as you train to get into shape for that competition, the sensation of that muscle becoming harder and the sensation in its way of almost muscular dryness, if not thin skin and separation between the muscles, is a particular sensation that's very specific to bodybuilders, weighing probably more than any other athlete because it doesn't matter how they feel when they're doing what their activity is. But if bodybuilding, there's an argument to be made for that, especially in training. And then the ability to squeeze those muscles and have that sort of look or appearance of hard muscles on stage, which really is more about being dry out, arguably, is, is where it can become confusing. Obviously, the combination of the two together as part of a competition stack is where the magic lies. And like Steve said, and he mentioned this with regards to his clients, I would actually turn around and say, again, I would look at the genetics of the individual. We and It's not a huge disparity, Steve, between one and the next one, but it might be that some people have thicker skin. They literally, they, they tan well, but their, their skin's got kind of leathery. So you want that thin skin look. It might be that they have great separation between muscles, but very little hardness and vascularity and detail in the muscles. So you can look like a, a statue, but you're not going to look like a, a, a bodybuilding freak and so on and so forth. So you look at the individual, you look at their genetics, you look at their bone structure, and it's getting the combination of factors right. And this is where a great prep coach comes in and says, look, this is what you've got, which is a plus. This is what we're going to do to make that even bigger. This is where you're as a minus. That's what we're going to take out. This is what we're going to put into, sort that out, and so on and so forth. It is a, it's a lot of top pros, Steve, still fuck that up. We've seen people, just this weekend, there was a competition, and the photographs that the top two were putting out and the videos that they were putting out in their hotel rooms and in the gym versus the photographs. I've literally only seen two or three photographs where they looked as good on stage with their tan under the lights as they did in their hotel rooms with their tans and so on and so forth. So it's super, super easy to fuck up on carb loading, carb depletion, water excretion, and so on and so forth. And I would hate to fuck those things up if you do get it right. The look, which is really, as I said, is actually more about being dry, but the sensation that you get as well as the look it's going to make you feel crazy hard. It's going to make you feel crazy lean. And that in itself is going to come across when you're on stage, when you're walking out and whatever else. Like I said, in reality, pretty much the only time that we're going to have our muscles squeezed is we want a girlfriend or a girl down the club squeezing our tits. But 
fellas, women the same, whatever, in terms of, you know, feel my glutes, feel how hard they are, that kind of stuff. That's pretty much the only time. The judges for a bodybuilding competition, the photographer should not be squeezing your glutes or whatever else. It's a, a, a kind of appearance thing over the actuality. But in reality, the sensation of being super hard is, is kind of weird. It's a pro bodybuilder needs to describe it even better than me, Steve. Now, right, something which is super, super important, and I bang this drum on the form a lot, and Steve just reminded me. There's almost no point being fat and using mastro. And being fat is relative, Steve. I would argue anything, especially if you want to look good, anything over 12%. Now, it's in a lot of cut stacks. I'm using a product right now, which is a cut stack with Mastron in there uh, and a great hardener. So, you know, no doubt my muscles will feel firm at the end. But here's the thing. Bodybuilding at the aesthetics is a visual thing. I don't care how hard your pecs feel if it's covered with an, an inch lay thick layer of blubber, Steve. It doesn't make any sense to me. And 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 it's almost a waste, right? I we talk about the science, we talk about the aesthetics, we talk about stagecraft and all those kind of things. And people go, ah, oh, sounds amazing. I absolutely want to do that. Master one sounds like it'd be an absolute marvelous drug. And it is, especially if you get super lean and whatever else. But then we'll get someone come on the forum who's 15% or more, Steve, and they're saying, I want to get cut with Mastron. No motherfucker, you want to get cut with a diet. You want to get cut with a cardio. And even if your muscles do get harder because of the Mastron's effects, positive effects in doing exactly what they're supposed to, I can't see it because you're still too fat. So it makes no sense to me. And the other thing, of course, Steve, arguably, which we need to look at, and it's not just for Mastron, if you're fat, the issues with estrogen and the issues with side effects tend to be higher than if you're lean. So, and again, let's use Monstro as a great example, Steve. His genetics, and he's not the only one on the formula. I think of two other individuals who are lean and vascular year-round. So his off-season, his quote-unquote out of shape, would be most people's in-shape. Being hard all year round, as opposed to competition or stage ready, is different from being fat and using Masteron and having a rock-hard bicep with a rock-hard pec, and you post a photograph, Steve, and we can't see shit. Not only can't we feel your muscles because we're a million miles away, but we can't see the hard muscle because it's an of fat. What do you think on that? Yeah, so you have to remember, you know, muscle and fat are different things, and a lot of people, they're very ignorant when it comes to this. I've, I've heard some stupid things over the years, uh, one of the dumb things I've heard is kind of the opposite. Uh, it's the vice versa argument. Uh, people will say, oh, my God, you know, you're lifting weights. You're very muscular. When you get older, what's going to happen is that muscle that you have is going to turn into fat. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not how it works. Muscle and fat are two different things entirely. So you can have abs. You can do 100 sit-ups a day. You can go and do the ab machine until you feel a burn and you're about to pass out every single day and you can do stomach vacuums and you can do planks and you do all these things that help your abs and help your abs get stronger and help your abs, you know, get, get big and, and be, but if it's covered up by fat, you're not going to see them, you know? So when you're using Masteron and you're hardening up your ab muscles and they're covered up by fat, you're still going to look soft. You're still going to look, fat you know you're still gonna have that belly fat that we have in america with um almost 100 percent of our population over 40 years old in male male demographic and also female demographic you know and then downright a lot of men look freaking pregnant they have that big beer belly look so yeah if you have that you know you got a belly on you and you got body fat on you you can grab belly fat from your stomach Hopping on Masteron is just going to harden up the muscles that's underneath the fat. So you're not going to be able to see it. So you want to get your body fat down first before you use Masteron. You're wasting your time um, otherwise. And um, it's a real shame that people still, even to this day, with all the information we have access to, still don't grasp that concept. And, you know, you really, really should. You should understand that. And you should you should be willing to say, you know what, this is this is one of the things that I have to work on in my body. This is one of the things that I have to improve, and that's losing my body fat. So before you even think about using Masteron, it's very, very important to lose that body fat. 
And then, then you'll be able to take things to the next level. And then you'll be able to really, really show off those abs with the help of Masteron for sure. So that pretty much covers, you know, the side effects. I think we've covered it very well, Matt, um, Master. Why don't we move on to how to stack it and how much to use? So Masteron, look, at the end of the day, because of its effects on the SHBG, because of its effects at boosting DHT, you know, be, because of its anti-estrogen benefits, some people will use a low dose, 200, 300 milligrams a week, okay? Just for those types of benefits. But if you're a competitor and you really, really want to push the envelope and harden up like crazy ahead of a contest, or you're a model, or you're looking to look good for your beach vacation, whatever, or you just want to look good because you have an ego, and you're egotistical, and you're a narcissist, or whatever, <laughs> whatever term you want to use, you just like looking at your fucking abs every day, you know, like miring your own body, you're one of those people, then fuck, then you want to run more, 400, 500, 600 milligrams a week, even more. Competitors, you know, guys will competitors will run a thousand or twelve hundred, even fifteen hundred milligrams a week. You gotta do what you ever gotta do to get hard. Because the guy, when you're on stage, the guy next to you, if he's harder than you, even though you guys have the same body fat and you guys have the same amount of muscle, but he's more harder than you, he's gonna he's gonna beat you. So it's basically chemical warfare when you're on stage. So competitors will jack up their master on those, especially leading up to a competition. So when it comes to stacking master on look at the end of the day it stacks well with it with it with everything you know uh you could stack it with trembolone it's great it's like peanut butter and jelly competitors love whether you're a physique competitor open bodybuilding whatever competitors love trend and master on together they work perfectly together and they yin and yang off each other amazingly well if you are a general athlete you can use master on with testosterone and you could use 200 or 250 milligrams of testosterone with four or 500 milligrams of masteron. You double up the masteron. Then you get the good benefits where you don't get the bloated look of testosterone. You stack Dianabo with testosterone, you're going to get bloated. You're going to have water retention. You're going to get the moon face. You stack masteron with testosterone. Now we're talking. You're going to get the hardening effects, you're going to get the, the the nice vascularity, you're going to get the good effects. So you understand it's all about stacking Masteron with different things to get a certain, to achieve a certain look. So Masteron works great if you want to harden up with just about everything. You can stack it with Equipoise, you can stack it with Primo, you can stack it with an oral steroid. But I wouldn't, stack, the only thing I wouldn't do with Masteron Monster before you bring you in is I wouldn't stack it with another DHT derivative. You know, that is very potent. Like, I wouldn't stack Masteron with Winstrol. Pick one or the other. Don't stack both. Unless you're competing, and, you know, in that situation, then I can understand doing it. But in a general sense, why stack two DHTs? Just instead of stacking two DHTs like that, just raise your Masteron dose if you want more of a hit. So that's the only thing I want to do. And Prima Bowling, yes, it's a DHT derivative. You guys are going to write and say, oh, Steve, you said don't stack a DHT derivative, but you're saying stack Primo. Primo is more of a mild DHT derivative, the way it's structured. So you can stack Masteron to the Primo and get more of a, of, a, of a good cutting effect, hardening effect with it. You see? But I'm saying don't stack something like Winstrol with Masteron. That, to me, doesn't make any sense. You might as well just raise the Masteron dose. So, But across the board, Monster. Another one really good to stack with, uh, with Masteron is DECA. And because uh, that because a nandrolone and you need a DHT derivative with a nandrolone. So a lot of guys will stack Masteron with DECA in a DECA cycle. And you can add a little of the testosterone. That would be a really, really good cycle too. So I'll bring you in, Momster. Why don't you kind of talk about that? And then we're going to get into Geneza Pharma more. We're going to talk about Geneza Pharma and what they have to offer when it comes to Masteron. So finish your thought on that and get us into that that topic. Exactly so, Steve. So we're going to talk about the specifics of the products available for Geneza in, in a moment. But here's the thing. Um, in essence, you're not looking at too many combinations of what form Masteron comes in. Pretty much in Amphate, which is kind of a, a, a middle-ish terms of its half-life and propionate which is the much shorter version and again if i was training clients for a competition or to look good on stage or for a modeling gig and whatever else this is where a a prep guru would be 
I would more likely to I would more likely to see in those kind of competition stacks, those kind of preparation stacks, the shorter acting version. The shorter acting version also seems to make an appearance in pretty much every cutting type stack, and Jeanette does offer a similar product in it in their own version. It's more likely to be a shorter acting. For me, that would be a frequency of pinning. So when Steve talked about time scales earlier on, uh, the, the two weeks can make a difference, and less, Steve, in terms of competitive professional bodybuilder or someone that wants to win a title and get their pro card, two weeks can make a heck of a difference to a physique with regards to taking PEDs out and putting PEDs in and changing the look of a bodybuilder and bringing them to a peak, so to speak, for, for being stage ready. And therefore, you're much likely to see propionate or standalone propionate used in those circumstances, Steve, rather than rely on enanthate or anything else that's longer acting as part of the stack and a part of the pharmacology and hoping that those are dissipating the effects of the regards holding for example as they're bringing him to shape the competition so that that's what you're looking at in that particular regards and again it's the balance of looking at the athlete looking at the condition they've got knowing for example if you've got any other tips or techniques that you bring someone in with a peak uh and, and here's what i would say in that particular regards and there was a big hoo-ha about this about two or three years ago steve where one particular prep guru was working mostly with women athletes and unfortunately, some of the women hadn't done the work in the kitchen that they should have done. And they would go to him for advice and he was putting them on absolutely crazy fucked up stacks and getting them to do ridiculous amounts of cardio where they were already tired and depleted and God knows what else. And the pharmacology just made them goddamn ill. And, you know, there was a suggestion, for example, and this is the reason why it was a massive big deal at the time, or one or two people may have passed away due to the stress, not just the pharmacology in the extremes of exercise and depletion, et cetera, that they were being put through, but the stress of those actions at the same time. So for me, and again with this stuff, guys, whether it's DMP or diuretics or whatever else, I would rather see, for example, a normal listener, our average Joe, and I've touched upon that person before, as being a typical person that's going to be listening to this podcast, 90% of you will never be on stage. So 90% of you will probably prefer the longer version, the enamphate, and a slightly longer, low-dose version of the Masteron stack as you get into shape versus someone that needs to take it another 2 or 3% further and start to look fucking unreal for a stage where I can much likely to see propionate use. And as Steve said earlier on, you're much likely to see in excess of 300 milligrams used for those athletes, but for very short period of times. They're not using test prop for months, Steve. So, yeah, on that, let's talk about Geneza Pharma in this particular regard, Steve, because I want to talk about the options they got, but I'll let you come in first. So, originally with Masteron, it's very, very important to know this, just, you know, just because we want to know. So, we do this podcast, other podcasts, they don't tell you guys enough about the history of these compounds and where they came from and, and the facts, right? So, one of the facts about Masteron is Masteron always was Masteron propanate for many, many years in the medical community. No such thing as Masteron anathate. This was until other labs started coming, underground labs, black market labs. They started coming up with other options for Masteron. They also started coming up with mixes for Masteron. So Geneza Pharma has done a, a beautiful job of helping us succeed not just because they come out with a great Masteron propanate option. And Masteron propanate is going to be needing to be injected every day, every other day, because it's a shorter ester. Or you can get away with every two and a half days, every three days. It's not the end of the world. But you know, ideally, every other day would be how you would uh, inject it. They also came out with a Masteron enanthate. And Masteron enanthate is pretty cool because you only have to inject it once or twice a week max. And that will cut down on injections. It gives you a lot more options when it comes to mixing your oils and stuff like that. So it's a really, really good option. It's a longer half-life, so it's going to take a little longer to peak in the body than propanate will. So if you're looking for a quicker effect of Masteron, you want to use the propanate. If you want to look for slower, you want to use the GP Masteron Enantate, which comes in 200 milligram a milliliter. The propanate comes in 100 milligram a milliliter. So they have two options for that. They also have a third option. It's called TMX. That's what I like about Geneza Pharma too, is they have a mix 
with a mix-in master on. So why don't you talk about the TMX version, uh, Mobster? What's in the TMX version? So, yeah, you're looking at it, and I want to I want to touch on something Steve just said, bearing in mind that the options can look slightly confusing. They're well worth double-checking on. So I've, I've wrote this down, Steve, while you were talking. They do a GP master on, which is part in Amphate and part propionate. They do something which is called GP Mastron 200, which is just in Amphate. And then the final one, as Steve said, is the GP TMX 400, which is uh, standalone in Amphate. So the Amphate, the, the slightly longer version, testosterone in Amphate and Trenbolone in Amphate. So interesting for me, this is very similar to what I would actually think other companies produce as a cut mix, but all with ever so slightly longer esters. So in other words, great for me, Steve. <laughs> Let's pin in. And again, this is what I actually think would really suit a lot of our listeners that are doing an eight-week or a 10-week cycle rather than someone that's doing competition, because as I said earlier on, but the, the Geneza Pharma offers you the option of using the shorter-acting esters, the propionate esters, for competition, for those modeling gigs, and for your, your missus has just sprung a holiday on you and you're about to get ready. Now, let's talk about what we would, because of course, in the, in the TMXC 400, that's already prepared for you as a kind of blend. What would you stack with the Geneza Pharma products, obviously other Geneza options, in terms of a stack? And again, I'll, I'll ask you, because you're more of a uh, person that works with clients, what would you do for the average Joe that's already kind of lean and he wants to use Master on, what would you get them to stack with it for that perfect, normal person listening to our podcast, how they can get in shape with Master on? So I would get the GP testosterone, I, I first make a decision. Do you want to do shorter esters? Do you want a shorter cycle, like a six-week, seven-week, eight-week cycle? Or do you want to go more of an eight, 10, 12-week cycle, more 10 to 12-week cycle? So you want to make a decision on that. Um, and if you want to go the shorter route, I would get testosterone propanate. I would get Anovar, and I would do the uh, Masteron propanate. So that would be a really, really good stack for like six or seven weeks. And that one would be a really, really good one to recomp or cut. Now, if you wanted to go the long ester route, I would do testosterone sipinate or testosterone enanthate with the masteron enanthate. And then you can do an oral to, to finish the cycle, maybe some anavar or T-bowl to finish the cycle. So that would be a really good dosing uh, with the testosterone. I'd play a little around with, uh, play around a little bit with the dosing. Everyone's a little different. 200, to maybe 250 milligrams of the test. And then the masteron, four or 500 milligrams of the uh, Masteron. And then with the Anavar or T-Bowl, you can go anywhere from 20, 30, 40, up to maybe 50 milligrams with the Anavar. And that would be a really, really good stack, Mobster. And that would be really, really good. The nice thing about the stack too, nice thing about Masteron, is it's not like DECA or, or high doses of testosterone or even trend in that it will cause a lot of blood sugar changes, cause you to car uh, crave carbs, where you have to be carving up all the time. I know that's the case on trend. It's not something like DECA, which is going to make you your appetite nonstop where you're, you want to eat all the time. You see what I'm saying? So that's one of the reasons why Masteron is a really, really good cutter as well. It won't mess. It won't fuck. I'll put it that way. It won't fuck with your appetite and make your blood sugar go crazy all the time and stuff. So that's why it's a really, really good cutter overall. So Geneza Pharma, look, they have it all. They've got the Anavar, the T-Bowl. They've got the, the, the great testosterone, the GP grant. So Geneza Pharma, look, is a fantastic brand. And you can come on the forum and check it out. And, and, and you can kind of learn more about Geneza Pharma and what they have to offer. But look, we're really blessed that, that a brand like Geneza Pharma exists that puts out fantastic Masteron and they give you different options with the Masteron, whether you like injecting often, whether you like injecting less, whether you want to inject with 200 milligram a milliliter or hundred milligram a milliliter, be more flexible. They've got you covered. So it's a great, great, great brand. One of the things I like about Masteron is when you order, uh, when you order the GP Masteron, Geneza Pharma Masteron, you know, you're getting the Masteron you know you're getting what you order. If you're going to inject 500 milligrams a week, you know you're getting 500 milligrams a week. It's not underdose. It's not overdose. It's dose where it needs to be. They have certificates of analysis. They're tested. Um, they're approved. So they're an excellent, excellent brand. I have a lot of respect for Geneza Pharma. Go ahead, Monster. Yep. 
while you were talking, Steve, I'm, I'm sitting here looking and it just occurred to me, and I don't know why I missed this before, and I'm actually looking back at the TMX 400 product. Now, listeners, I'm not a fan, it has to be said, and this is not a knock on Genesa, of high-dose per-mill products. But this is the clever thing that they've done here, Steve. It's a high-dose. It's 400 milligrams with 100 milligrams of the amphate. 100, 200 milligrams of the testosterone amphate and 100 milligrams of the trembolone amphate, right? For a total of 400 milligrams a milliliter. But then it occurred to me, Steve, I was like, hang on, what, what, what have they done? It's They're all longer, longish, medium, really, acting esters. So you're actually using, if you use a high dose per milligrams per milliliter product, you're more likely to suffer, and this is right across the board, I don't care what company you get it from, post-injection pain. That's just a fact. It's the reason why uh, pharma companies, when they produce products for medical reasons, never really exceeded 300 milligrams. It was just too goddamn painful. It was easy peasy to go loads of dosage. They weren't losing money because they could have always charged more. But Genesia have been actually crafty here. If it was 400 milligrams of short acting esters, it'd be painful. But it's actually less, it's slightly lower, slightly slower into the system, Steve, so it requires less pinning. Now, I will talk about reason, and I've discussed this in every podcast when we do this, Steve, with an approved source, but specifically today with Genesa Pharma. Why are companies like Genesa Pharma approved by the forums? Why do we do these podcasts and we talk about products like Genesa Pharma? Multiple reasons, some of them kind of obvious, but I'll touch upon the ones that you should know, especially if you're a first-time listener. How long has a company been around? This is the choice. If you're a new listener, and especially if you're new to PDs, these are the questions you need to ask. When you're asking your random at the gym, your quote-unquote dealer, which is why we recommend approved sources instead, they can't tell you how long a company's been around. Oh, I know this fella for you. No, who makes the product? Have they been around a long time? Do they test their product? Do they send their product out for independent testing at certified labs? Does the product come back with an honest-to-goodness certificate of analysis that shows you just how close? Sometimes a few milligrams either way. I actually like that, Steve, because it means they're showing you they're honest with you because it's super easy to create a certificate of analysis that looks perfect every single motherfucking time. Photoshop people, easy peasy. I would rather you could find the lab, you can send products to be tested at great expense yourself if you want, and so on and so forth. And then we've got straightforward, good old-fashioned, customer beat feedback why for example do other approved sources that we use on the forums carry Geneza Pharma for the same reasons that you and I would want to use it Steve for the same reasons I've just discussed they want a company that's reliable to be able to send them product for them to sell on they want a company that's 100% got stock availability they want 100% to know the extra batch of products that they get in a trustworthy so, and, and some of the uh, resellers they do lab tests themselves especially of companies that are new to them or unknown and whatever else. So you want a solid, trusted, tested product from an approved source for those kind of reasons. Touch on that, Steve, before I finish off. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy to put anything in your body that, that you don't know is, uh, is quality. We just had a guy literally post, oh, I got this gear off a third party and uh, – and then he looked into it, he researched it a little bit, and he found out, yeah, this this stuff is fake. So you got to make sure. Go, just go into your gym dealer and buying it off a middleman. He bought it off someone. That guy bought it off someone. That guy bought it off someone. It came from some dude trailer in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, that's not the gear you want to put in your body. So Geneza Pharma's quality, look, they're as high quality as you're going to find. And, um, you know, we've seen the, the, the blood work to prove it. We've seen the testing to prove it. So... So there's a farmer's fantastic and their master on is going to take you to another level. So definitely give their master on a shot. Come on the forum, uh, do a log. We would love to see you do a log. There's so many guys that the, the logs I've seen officer from these guys have been fantastic. Some of these guys that have been transforming their bodies from a dad bod to looking fucking good. And master on is going to help you do, do that as well. So come on the forum and log that Geneza pharma, master on stack that you are going to put together and um listen listen and keep keep sending us in questions we'd love to hear from you guys absolutely steve do the work in the kitchen at the table in the gym post a log 
put those photographs up, talk about your mastering experience, specifically talk about your Geneza Farmer experience, post in the comments. We want to hear what you've got to say on the subject. We're interested and we're actually doing more podcasts about the comments. So look over those as well. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.